Oh, hey, I'm so glad that you found us. My name's Michael, and I get to be the pastor at Shepherd's Community United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. You're listening to the It's Better When You're Here podcast, where every week we upload the messages that are preached at our church every Sunday. We hope by listening to this, uh, you feel safe, heard, and loved by the God that created you. We hope this message makes an impact in your life. If listening to this makes a difference, reach out to us and connect with us either on social media or on our website, shepherdsumc.com. All right, here's the message. In God's economy, there is no depth that cannot be reached by God's love. So we're continuing our series called The Minor Leagues, where we're looking at the minor prophets. Last week, we talked about the pursuit of God's love. We talked about how Zechariah showed us God's pursuit of us, that the message of God's love has been shown to our ancestors even till now, uh, that the pursuit will never end, that God is coming after us. This week, we're talking about Jonah. Jonah, you may remember from such great hits as Veggie Tales. I don't know if you're in my generation, you saw the TV rolled in, held down with that with that tension strap, you knew it was going to be a good Sunday school. You're going to get some candy, watch a video. You had no idea that the Sunday school teacher just found out seven minutes previous that they were teaching Sunday school, and that's why you're watching a video, anyone? Or maybe it was a felt board, and Jonah was there, and he had a little turban. He looked, you know, whatever, and then a big fish came on the felt board and just got slapped right on top, right? Because Jonah got eaten by a whale. Everyone knows the story of Jonah, right? Could I see a nod, maybe? Well, if you haven't, there's this story in the Bible where a guy gets et by a fish. It's a technical term, the Polk County term. They got et and uh, spat or vomited, depending on the translation. Always a good one where you can find the word vomited in the Bible. The King James Version makes it a lot more fun for sure. But Jonah is more than the whale. Uh, the whale takes up just a little bit of, or the fish takes up just a little bit of Jonah's time. The story of Jonah is so much more than that. Ultimately, the story of Jonah is a tale of messing up. It's a tale of messing up. I did not mean to use a pun there like a fish tale, but I'm leaning into it even harder. It's a tale, right? The main point is this. We serve a God completely devoted to redemption, and may we be the same. What I love about the passage that we read today is I feel like it really fits the Florida experience. Amen? Jonah is out in the sun, and he finds some shade. The shade goes away, and he wants to die. I feel it, friends. I I feel it all the time during these months. During these months, I wonder, I, I wonder if there might be a church in South Dakota that needs me just for three months, right? I I could Skype in with you guys. You'd be fine, and I could enjoy. I'm just kidding. I could actually enjoy something. But when you find yourself without shade in Florida, it can be really, really oppressive. It's not, heat here is not like, oh yeah, it's warm out. No, it it is an anthropomorphized being that just punches you in the head until you give up, right? This is Jonah's experience. Um, What I love about This passage is Jonah is just as silly as we are sometimes, right? Jonah doesn't like that God is saving the people of Nineveh. I don't know if you caught that, but in chapter 3 of Jonah, Jonah does his job, the people of Nineveh are saved, and that makes Jonah so angry. He wants to go on a cliffside and hope 
that God destroys the people of Nineveh. So silly. And if you read the last verse of Jonah chapter 4, it's the last verse of the whole book. It says this, Yet for my part, this is God speaking, can't God pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left? And this is the best one. And also many animals. You know, God, God is a people lover, not really an animal lover, but the God of Jonah loves the cows of Nineveh. And I, I, that just speaks to me in such a way. Because, friends, we serve a God completely devoted to redemption. May we be the same. So what is the deal with the fish? There are a lot of crazy stories in the Bible, but this one's the only one with a character that hops out and eats another one, right? What is the deal with the fish? Well, it shows us that God is at work. There are plenty of stories in the Bible where God is a, is a secondary character, is, is kind of far away from the action, but this shows that God is actually at work. It also reminds us that Jonah was a prophet. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about what prophets were. Prophets were not good neighbors to have. It's a little bit like when my neighbors heard that I moved into town. Hi, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. You see the countenance on their face just descend. Great, we used to have a very fun neighborhood, and now we got a biblical one. Little did they know, I'm a great time, uh, and it's gotten so much more fun. But a prophet is not one that you want to see coming into town. They would lower the property value, right? I mean, there are prophets in the Bible that their form of prophecy is that they lay on their left side for one year, and then they lay on their right side for one year. If your daughter came home and said, I met this great guy, he's a prophet, he's got a big family, you'd say, go back, one. What does he do for a living? No, 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 honey, you're going to a nunnery, right? Um, that would not be a thing that you'd want to see. It reminds us that Jonah's call in his life, the reason he's on the planet is because he is a prophet. God calls him and says, hey, Jonah, I've got an assignment for you. I need you to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh, if you said that name out loud amongst the people that Jonah grew up around if, during the time of Jonah, it would be as if you uttered the most evil phrase you could think of. The people of Nineveh hated the Jewish people. The people of Nineveh were evil people in the eyes of Jonah. And the problem is that Jonah's calculations, the people he's called to, are evil. But friends, the tension arises for Jonah and for us when we rely on our own math. The tension arises for Jonah and for us when we rely on our own math. The people of Nineveh were evil people, according to Jonah. And so if God was calling him to help them, he wanted nothing to do with it. He didn't want these people to be saved. He wanted them to suffer God's vengeance. But friends, we serve a God completely devoted to redemption. May we be the same. So the fish, it accomplished a few things. The fish, this is the deal with the fish. Number one, transport. God tells Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, sure thing, let me go in the opposite direction. He hops on a boat heading towards Spain. Spain was the edge of the world. Once you got to Spain, there was a big waterfall all the way down to the turtles that held up the planet, right? I mean, they thought that there was just a, sh a sheer drop off after Spain. And Jonah said, perfect. I'm going to go as far away from Nineveh as I can. 
And the fish showed up and said, I've got other plans. And it's to show Jonah that God was invested. God doesn't just want Jonah to go to Nineveh because he doesn't like Jonah. No. God wants Jonah to go to Nineveh because he loves the people of Nineveh. Let me say that again. He doesn't want Jonah just to go to Nineveh because he doesn't like Jonah. He wants Jonah to go to Nineveh because God loves the people of Nineveh. And Jonah needed to get right. Jonah was not where he needed to be just yet. I don't know about you, but 40 days and 40 nights inside the belly of a fish would get me to change my attitude about a lot of things. Cleanliness, for one, right? Sushi, for another, right? My days of fish sticks would be behind me if I was inside the belly of a whale. Could you imagine the stink? I mean, could you imagine... In my mind, and maybe you're the same, I'm immediately thinking of Pinocchio. Anyone else? You've got like a little, you got a little fire going, and you're inside a whale, and that's a perfect Pinocchio impression. I just want to say that out loud. And you've got this nice little homey little thing. It looks like it'd be perfect on a postcard. But more than likely, it was something like this. I don't know a lot about fish, but they're not roomy, right? Especially if you're a grown man. And so it was probably a tight, uncomfortable place. Jonah prays. You read chapter 2 of Jonah, I believe. You see that Jonah is praying, crying out to God in the belly of the fish. Maybe, friends, maybe you are in a fish, but you aren't seeing it. Maybe you're in a time in your life where something has to change, where you're being changed, but what you need to recognize is that you need to change. That was the last thing that the fish did, is that life for Jonah needed a change. Maybe we need to get sick of where we are and recognize you're in a fish. Maybe we need to get sick of where we are and realize that we're inside of a fish. I think that Jonah could have lived a happy life in Spain. Run away from God, you know, I don't know, start taking up flamenco dancing. Olives, olive oil, and wine in, in Spain for decades would be lovely, I'm sure. But he still would have needed a heart change. The fish showed up and said, we're going to change that heart right now. I wonder if some of us, we've gotten so used to the way things are. We're comfortable in the belly of a fish. Maybe we need a sign like Jonah, something that bops us on our head, sticks us where we are, pushes us beyond what's comfortable. Maybe you need that today. And I do want to point something out here. I do encourage you to read Jonah's prayer at some point. It's a whole chapter long. I won't read it today, but Jonah prays and never acknowledges the actual hatred that he has. I think sometimes that we harbor hatred, but we never talk about it with ourselves because it's too ugly to acknowledge. I think we may have hatred, maybe even racism, maybe even some other form of hatred against a group of people or an individual that you can't really stand, but you never address it because you never want to bring it up to yourself. And Jonah does that. I mean, Jonah cooks in the belly of a fish for 40 days and 40 nights and still can't look his own racism in its eye. He hates the people of Nineveh. He doesn't care who they are. He's prejudiced against them. And he never even acknowledges that. And yet God still redeems him. My question for us today is who wants to win on a technicality? Jonah definitely wins on a technicality here. He, he prays and God decides to have mercy on him. But friends, we, we can have something better than that. I don't know. We serve a God completely devoted to redemption. 
May we be the same. Jonah gets vomited, spat onto the beach, ruins everyone's day at the beach. Wow, I thought this was going to be a great Memorial Day weekend, but instead there's a bleached guy that smells like fish sticks. Let's all go home, right? And Jonah preaches half-heartedly, and God works full-heartedly. Jonah walks in from the beach just as far as he could, delivers a sermon that's two sentences long, which I know that you might think you want, but you don't. And then everything changes because God works full-heartedly. Friends, the challenge that I want you to hear, the thing I hope you really grasp is this. God will do the work of justice. You get to decide if you will participate. God will do the work of justice. You get to decide if you will participate. I think about sometimes that Dr. King gave the speech, I have a dream. And it was so moving and so powerful and so meaningful. And I wonder how many people said, you know what? I just went to a march last week. I don't think I want to go to this one, right? And they missed out. And then they get to tell the story of, well, I almost went and saw the I have a dream speech in person. I almost did that, but instead I washed my hair, right? Or, or maybe there have been people that have been near the work of justice but weren't actually there in the room. Because, friends, God will do the work of justice. You get to decide if you will participate. Jonah didn't want to participate in the work of justice. I mean, the whole people of Nineveh and many animals, as it says here in Jonah 4, were saved by God's grace, and they don't even have Jonah to thank. Jonah doesn't get to pat himself on his back that he did a good thing for God. Instead, all he has is his resentment and racism to comfort him. Doesn't even have a shrub to keep him cool. There is a complete conversion, and Jonah is brokenhearted about it. Then we see God's reaction to Jonah. Jonah gets mad at God for saving the people of Nineveh. And what does God do? God plants a shrub. What a beautiful image of God's love for us. Amen. You know, Jonah is, is, is petty and angry and ugly and racist and all the most despicable things that we could imagine. And what does God do? Gives him some shade. I don't know about you, but there's this certain kind of breeze that hits me in the months of June and July, and I'm reminded of the presence of God. I'm not joking. You know, when, the, when you finally feel like, oh, that's going to be a sunburn, I should have put sunblock on that, or here, or here. And you feel that breeze, and I'm reminded of the presence of God. One of my favorite Bible verses, you've heard it before, I'm sure, is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. During the day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord in the middle of the garden's trees. This is right at the beginning. This is Genesis, the beginning of God's story with humanity. During the day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. I don't know a lot about God. I, I, I study God. I, I mastered divinity according to my seminary, but I, I'm still learning about God. But one thing I do have a hunch about, I don't think God feels breezes. God doesn't have some sort of body like we do. I don't think God feels cool evening breezes. Why was God out in the garden at that time? 
because he loves us so much, he wants us to be comfortable. He wants to walk with us in the cool evening breeze, and that's where he finds us. God doesn't enact vengeance on Jonah for being an evil, ugly racist. Instead, he reacts with compassion. God doesn't react with anger towards Adam and Eve and their sin. Instead, he wants to go for a cute little walk in a cool evening breeze. God isn't just loving. God is caring. God goes beyond what is necessary and goes into what God wants to do, which is to love us. We aren't called to just love. We're called to love justly. We aren't called to just love. We are called to love justly. God cares about the animals of Nineveh. God cares about the rats of Nineveh. God cares about the squirrels of Nineveh. Friends, I wonder what your Nineveh is, what your group of people, your area, your community is for your Nineveh. If you can't think of one, I I think you're not thinking enough. I think all of us as human beings, we come up with the, the big bad guys in our lives. They might be famous, they might be your neighbor, they might be someone close to you, but I wonder wonder who that might be for you. And just know, friends, just I have this promise for you, and I hope you remember it. Whenever you draw a line in the sand between you and them, between who you love and who you can't love, as soon as you draw that line, God hops right over to the other side of that line. And as you get a little bit closer and you invite more people in, but then you draw a line between us and them, God finds God's self on the other side of that line. And until we continue to draw those lines until all of Nineveh and many animals are standing next to you, God's presence will be on the other side of that line. So your action this week is simple. However far it might be for you, find your Nineveh. And don't wait to get eaten by a fish. All right, friends, I hope you heard something in today's message that made an impact in your life, helped you know that you're loved by God, and inspired you to do something about the gospel that is offered to you. Now receive this blessing as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace.